You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 216 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co host, the editor in chief, the founder, the president of Rocket Sports. And the birthday boy, Mr. Rick Stevens. <laughs> Happy birthday. How are you doing today? Thanks very much. Appreciate that. I'm doing great. Um, great to have a birthday. Um, life is good. Uh, it's 22 degrees Celsius on November 5th in Montreal. Um, had my annual doctor visit, got my flu shot, got a mustache going. Uh, things couldn't be better. Yeah, it sounds like a pretty good start to this uh, month of November. Crazy, it's already November. Um, honestly, I barely remember Halloween weekend happening. <laughs> it's just time has been flying, and we're uh, about a month into this NHL season. And remember that it's um, typically it's uh, American Thanksgiving, uh, so a couple weeks away yet uh, is the the milestone to determine where usually it's a good indicator of teams that will be making the playoffs. So, um, okay. We're not, we're, we're not, we're not <laughs> focusing on playoffs maybe for the Montreal Canadians this year, but uh, we can watch that for other teams. For sure. But uh, what we will be keeping an eye for you on uh, this episode, we'll start things off with uh, getting up to date uh, on everything that happened this past week. Uh, we had three games go down, we're also going to take a look at uh, the Habs prospects and the little Val Rocket and some audio comes in uh, from Joel Edmondson and uh, Arbor Jackai. In segment two, I'm going to go on. I'm going to take a little bit of a coffee break and make some room for uh, the one and only John Liu to step into the studio wow. along with Amy Johnson for an exclusive interview. Uh, really looking forward to hearing that. Uh, John Liu, I've uh, had a brief interaction with him once uh, after uh, the draft happened here in Montreal and it's Super nice guy. I'm a really big fan and looking forward to hearing that in segment two. And of course, in segment three, uh, we want to make sure that we hear from you. It's our uh, Canadians Connection question of the week. Who will be the first to get moved? Mike Hoffman, Evgeny Dadanov, or Jonathan Drouin? 
if people are uh, interested in interacting and uh, letting us know what they think, uh, what's the best way to do so, Rick? Send us a text. We've set up a Rocket Sports text line specially for you, and and we made it so it's easy for you to remember. It's 5853 Rocket. Send us a text anytime, 24 hours a day. Have a little bit more to say, send us an email, and you could uh, send it to info at allhabs.net. Just remember when you do, if you put your first name and where you are writing from. Also, you can give us a follow and reach out to us on our social media platforms. It's at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, you can also check out the website at canadiansconnection.com. So, it's time to get you up to date on the three games that happened this past week. Please make sure to check out our comprehensive game previews and post-game recaps for every Canadians game at allhabs.net. Going back to October, which uh, doesn't feel like we really finished October, but going all the way back to October on uh, the 29th, Montreal had a really like fun, kind of crazy game against St. Louis. They ended up winning 7-4, to four, so 11 goals in that game. Dvorak gets three goals. Um, that's the total of three goals on the year so far. Uh, and honestly, goaltending and defense is a little bit all over the place for both teams. <laughs> Montreal was down three to one at one point, and then they scored five straight to gain the lead. Uh, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching in this game. And the power play came to life. The power play had the Canadians power play had been dreadful up to that point. Uh, but uh, got going and uh, Jordan Bennington, not 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 his best game. Uh, but the Canadians will take it, and um, yeah, it was it was just a, a fun road game, lots of goals, uh, lots of action, and great for Christian Dvorak. On uh, November the first, uh, Montreal did fall to uh, Minnesota four to one. Montreal has lost to Minnesota twice now, uh, once at home, once on the road. Uh, it was uh, Kirill Kaprizov that really came to life for Minnesota, and uh, definitely had a huge impact for the wild. And although uh, Montreal, they did seem to have a lot of luck in the face-off circle. They dominated in face-offs this game, actually, but uh, it was the wild that ended up coming on top four to one. Lots of possession time, but they just couldn't generate any of those high quality scoring chances, high danger chances, uh, just five uh, for the Canadians through uh, 60 minutes and uh, Kaprizov. Um, he almost had a hat trick, uh, fired it off the crossbar, but that goal that he redirected in that, uh, took a couple of replays to figure out, um, he's, he's a a special player and had quite a night. And, uh, finally, uh, Montreal takes a trip to Winnipeg where they fall three to two in overtime. Uh, Jack, I had 10 hits, which is pretty amazing for uh, (laughs) one game. I can't believe it. Uh, Dubois scored for the Jets. Uh, Jonathan Kovacevic, uh, he faces his former team for the first time. I thought he looked pretty good. I've liked what I've seen from that player quite a bit. Uh, I agree. But it it seemed like the Jets were probably the more dominant team, uh, although they did finish, uh, well, they struggled to finish on some of their chances. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the it, it was uh, the Canadians looked a little tired by the third period. The Jets dominated. Um, I thought it was interesting. You mentioned about Jack Eye's ten hits. Um, he was asked after the game, uh, "Do you keep track of, of such things? Um, do you keep track when you when you get a big game like tonight and you had nine hits?" And he said, "No, I, I don't really keep track. Um, I had ten hits tonight." <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
So the Canadians record right now, it's a five, five and one. That's good enough for 21st in the NHL. So they fall down the standings a little bit, but uh, they're definitely doing, they're playing a lot better than I thought. I'm having a lot of fun watching this team at the very least. And, and in so most make, games, oh. right? They're, they're in most games. And, and uh, that's, that's, I think what all fans want uh, for this season. Yeah, exactly. You want to see that the team does have opportunities to win. Uh, you mentioned at the top of the show, are we really focusing on playoffs this year? Well, probably not, at least not at this moment. But uh, the fact that uh, they've made things fun, they've made things watchable after what happened last year where they were just unwatchable. It's uh, it's nice to see. Mm-hmm. So make sure uh, you check out Habs Notepad and Habs Features as posts appear regularly at allhabs.net. In our roster news, uh, well, some good news for uh, Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. They are the Molson Cup recipients for the month of October. Suzuki comes away with 13 points. Caulfield comes away with 12 points. Seven goals for Caulfield this month. Absolutely incredible for both of them. Yep, for sure. Uh, the the Molson Cup, uh, based on uh, the number of times they were chosen as uh, as one of the three stars, they tally up that. And uh, and the tie for Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki, which which seems to be appropriate because uh, for the most part they were providing the offense uh, throughout October. Joel Edmondson made his season debut in Winnipeg. That's a huge piece of the leadership group to get back on the ice. Uh, Edmondson's impact on D will be uh, noticed fairly quickly here uh, as soon as he starts to get some reps underneath him. You mentioned uh, just before uh, we started the show here that uh, he uh, played a little bit on that right side, but it seems like they're moving him back to the left side. So uh, maybe he's not fully comfortable uh, with the way he pivots on that right side. And it was such a, a, a freak accident in the in the preseason, um, just a, a, a workout, a scrimmage. He and, and and it was before even a training camp started that he and um, uh, Nick Suzuki collided. Um, and, and, uh, Edmondson re-injured his back seems to be maybe a little bit tender. Um, he has experience playing on the right, but they're keeping him on the left and putting, you know, Jack I last game, uh, on an uncomfortable on an unfamiliar side Two lefties, uh, playing together there. Uh, again, um, it's projected that, uh, for Saturday night's game in Montreal, uh, he'll be, uh, paired with Jordan Harris, uh, and, uh again, two lefties, but, uh, Edmondson staying on his left side, Harris playing. Um, although he he practiced um, over the off season, uh, he's more comfortable on the left. Um, but it's it was nice to see um, Joel Edmondson make his debut, and appropriately so in Winnipeg. Um, he's from Brandon, Manitoba. He had about twenty uh, family and friends there. Um, tough for him to be um, out for the first ten games, especially. Uh, with him wearing uh, a letter this season. Uh, moving along to our, our weirdest piece of roster news, a uh, very curious case. We might need Sherlock Holmes to get on this one. Uh, Evgeny Dadanov was placed on injured reserve. Um, earlier in the week, Dadanov was a healthy scratch, and then he was put on taking some therapy days, and now it's being reported that he has a virus and he's on retroactive injury reserve although all the reports that i'm reading seem to point out that he looks fine every time he's out skating <laughs> so I, I don't know what's happening there what do you think 
so Saturday, that game uh, in St. Louis, uh, he participated in the game day skate, but he was a healthy scratch uh, for that game. Uh, Sunday was a day off. They had a, a day off in in St. Louis, and, and he was part of the outing that they had um, uh, planned uh, for the guys uh, in St. Louis. Monday, he was listed. Um, uh, reporters were told that, that he had a treatment day. Um, so it came to Tuesday. Um, uh, again, Chantal Maccabee said uh, treatment, treatment day. So um, when reporters had a chance, they said, um, and, and uh, the coach's availability, and it was the first one that they had a chance to, to question uh, Marty St. Louis, they said, well, you know, what's the deal? Um, and Marty St. Louis, if you watch the clip, it's in French, uh, but he exploded on the, uh, was visibly angry, very testy, uh, short fuse, and and basically said, listen, he wasn't on the ice, uh, and Chantel told you that wasn't going to happen, so stop. Stop with your questions. You've already asked. Uh, he was visibly angry. Um, so it kind of, that only made the, the whole case that much curious or that much um, crazier. Um so then uh, uh, the Canadians headed to, to Winnipeg on Wednesday. Um, uh, Dadnoff took part in the, in the optional skate. Um, and then in the, the game day skate on Thursday. Um, and then he was placed on, on IR retroactive to October uh, 31st, which means he can't play Saturday. He can play uh, next Tuesday. And reporters were told that he had a virus. Well, if he had a virus, what was he doing around all the other players in participating in the skates or, or optionals uh, or the team activity? Or, and it's kind, of, it's kind of rare for someone to go on um, uh, IR because of a virus, unless it's you know, particularly virulent kind of thing. And if that's the case, what was he doing around players? Anyway, the whole thing is is quite odd, um, but putting him on IR freed up that spot on Thursday um, in the lineup for Joel um, Edmondson because the, the question was going to be all day Thursday, who's going to be placed on waivers at, at 2 o'clock? Uh, who, who was it going to be? And, and the Canadians kind of skirted that for the time being um, by placing Dadnoff on IR. So this is kind of a continuing yeah, as you say, a continuing detective story, sleuthing story to find out what the case really is. Yeah, and this next one also connects a little bit to Evgeny Dadanov. I, I get the feeling that Dadanov is in a case of just not quite the right fit on this team at the moment. Uh, TSN uh, reporting that Kent Hughes is trying to create a market for its uh, glut of forwards. Uh, Hoffman, Drew, and Dadnov are the pieces that seem to be the odd men out. Uh, as I just said, I think Dadnov is the extra odd men that's uh, out at the moment. Uh, the most tradable, I guess, would be Hoffman. I think the rumors are connecting Hoffman maybe to Washington, but I'm not sure that there's really a whole lot there. Um, it was Pierre Lebrun in in the uh, insider trading um a feature this week on TSN that said that the Canadians had had initial discussions uh, with the Washington Capitals. Uh, the Capitals um, had uh, Connor Brown, 
um, go on IR and, and they won't, he, he's out for six to eight months. Um, so they, they're looking for forwards. Um, and, and so I, I guess Kent Hughes reached out and there was an initial discussion, but, uh, Pierre Lebrun said that, that, um, I mean, it's not, it's not a situation where anything's close. It was just, um, an initial uh, conversation and that Washington had uh, let it be known that they're going to first try to uh, replace Connor Brown with with um, with an internal option, whether it be Sonny Milano or, or Connor McMichael. Um, but then uh, Pierre LeBron went on to say that um, uh, they that that Kent Hughes was calling around and trying to create a market, trying to create interest, and that the three players. Um, Kent Hughes said are, that he's shopping that are available are Dadnoff, uh, Jonathan Duran, and Mike Hoffman, as you said. So um, we'll we'll see, we'll see what happens and and uh, whether anything can happen before uh, Dadnoff comes off uh, IR or whether um, uh, some a deal can't be made and somebody will have to go to Lavelle. And uh, we'll circle back to this uh, as it does connect to our Canadians Connection question of the week. Now I think it's a good time to take our uh, Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Laval played three games since we last spoke, and they went 0-3 over the course of the week. Um, After absolutely dominating Rochester on the Friday, uh, the very next day on the 29th, the Amherst got revenge, and they win 5-1 in Laval. Uh, A couple days later on the 2nd, Toronto strolls into Laval, and they win 7-4, really exposing Laval's goaltending and defense. And then uh, just uh, just last night on November the 4th, Toronto wins again 5-4 to four in overtime. So those are three games with five or more goals scored against the, the Laval Rocket. Uh, last night, uh, Nicholas uh, Baudet made his uh, debut for Laval. He's uh, the piece that came back in the Cameron Hillis trade. Um, Laval's not off to a very good start here. This is, uh, this is getting tough. Yeah, and and that game um, you mentioned five four in, in overtime on Friday night. Uh, that sounds close. It wasn't for most of the game. Uh, Toronto was cruising along, and then they fell asleep in the third period, allowing uh, Laval to get back into it. Uh, but goaltending has been dreadful, um, and the the experiment going out and and adding a lot of of uh, AHL veterans. Um, has not worked and it's it's kind of um, it's not what what we've been expecting it's not what fans uh, were expecting Um, you know it's it's widely been been reported that this is the most talent most talent especially young talent that uh, Laval has had in many years Um, on the press zone Amy Johnson and I spoke with JF Wool a couple of weeks ago and we were expecting as as Marty St. Louis has said, Stefan Robidob, Kent Hughes, that this was going to be a season focused on development. Uh, Jeff Ull said, no, maybe there'll be some development in practice, but no, they were going to play to win. They were going to make decisions to win. They were going to use their veterans and, um, and win. And 
Um, so there's not a focus on development in Laval, and there's not winning two wins in ten games. Uh, so it's it's a it's a rough season all the way around, and um, uh, Caden Primo has looked uh, not very good. Um, some really soft. Uh, goals and and although that I mean that isn't their only problem I, I'm not placing it all on on Primo but um, they they need they need to do something to turn things around now Lehigh Valley is coming uh, to town on Saturday and and uh, they're struggling as well so um, maybe uh, th- there's an opportunity for a win there so you mentioned just two wins uh, the record is uh, two six two and zero oh. that's 30th in the AHL so definitely a tough start you hope they can bounce back at some point and uh well JF Wool saying that uh, he wants uh, this team to win uh, I, I wonder how long it's going to be before management decides to turn things around into a developmental year if things keep going this way for sure so coming up uh, in the next couple of days well actually today on the 5th of November, um, Laval has a home game uh, against Lehigh Valley, and then uh, Laval heads out to, to Utica on November 11th. Uh, just two games uh, this week, so that should allow for uh, a fair bit of, of uh, practice time. Uh, we're going to take a quick look at uh, some of the Canadians' prospects uh, from all across uh, different leagues, uh, junior, uh, NCAA, and whatnot. I think uh, the biggest highlight uh, from the past little while is uh, Lane Hudson uh, playing for uh, Boston University. He was chosen as the Hockey East Defender of the Month. Uh, the league announced this on Wednesday. Um, Lane Hudson, eight points in seven games. He is, uh, he's looking like a really nice prospect uh, for that team. Yeah, and uh, kind of a, a, a steal, it was said, at the draft. Uh, we know why why uh, he may have dropped a few places, and, and that is his size. It doesn't seem to be um, holding him back at all uh, so far. He's having a great season. Yeah, uh, also uh, taking a look, uh, Joshua Waugh and uh, Riley Kidney are off to good starts on their respective teams. Uh, Waugh in 14 games, he has 25 points. Uh, Riley Kidney in... Uh, 15 games, he has 22 points. Uh, their stats are looking a little identical, like almost, don't you think? Absolutely. And and even this week, um, it was uh, Joshua Wah with, with uh, two assists. Um, and on, on the same day, uh, Riley Kidney, two goals and an assist. Um, some others that, that stood out for me, um, we won't forget Laval. There are prospects there. Uh, Yessa Ulanen. Had a goal and two assists. Uh, Friday's name, Friday game against uh, uh, the Marlies. Um, can't forget about the goaltenders. Last week, uh, if you missed it, our um, podcast was about uh, a goaltending report, top to bottom in the Canadians organization. Joe Verbetic is in Trois Rivieres. Um, he had a win uh, on Friday night, gave up three goals on 23 shots, and he had a goalie assist, which is always fun. Nice. Um, the London Knights uh, lost to Erie on Friday night, but Logan Mayu with two goals, uh, his third and fourth of the season. Uh, Vincent Rohr in um, Ottawa, the 67s, he had a goal and two assists uh, Friday night. Sean Farrell at Harvard, a goal and an assist. Uh, so again, Canadians prospects with uh, with a very productive week. Yeah, looking good so far. 
So be sure to read all the content at ahl.report. Also listen to and subscribe to The Press Zone. Episodes come out every single Tuesday, and uh, we'll keep you up to date on everything Habs Prospects and Laval Rocket. For our quotes of the week, uh, we have two. The first one comes in from Joel Edmondson. Uh, he talks about returning to game ap- returning to game action. Yeah, I mean, you can do whatever you want in practice, but you're not trying to hurt your teammates or anything, so you're kind of like letting up. But it's just, it was nice to you know, bang some bodies out there and get into it. Um, that's one of the things I miss the most about hockey, you know. Um, it's been a while since I played, um, especially in the past two years. I only played about 25 games, so it's just... You know, get into the game early and run through, run someone through the boards. It's fun. It's fun. Get out there, bang some bodies, run some guys through the boards. I miss that. And and said, you know, I can't do that in practice. Um, so I, I was very amused by Edmondson's uh, answer. He 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 obviously had a lot of fun on Thursday night in uh, Winnipeg. Yeah, and speaking of uh, banging some bodies uh, through the boards, Arbor Jacki, uh, he talks a little bit about being paired with Joel Edmondson. It's great because uh, he can protect me now. <laughs> no, obviously, he's a great great guy and great player, and he plays plays the game hard. And like Obviously, I try and, try and play like him too, so it's good to have him as a, a guy on my side. Uh, I'm, I'm disappointed that that matchup uh, uh, isn't continuing, or at least uh, uh, certainly not on Saturday night, um, because I think that Arbor Jacki can uh, learn a lot from uh, Joel Edmondson as far as, uh, you know, uh, banging bodies. That's I think Jacki's got that down. I think he I think he's figured that out, that part of the game out. But uh, learning when to and when not to and, and when to restrain yourself and, and how to play good positional hockey in the defensive zone. Um, but hopefully those, uh, those two will uh, be reunited at some point because um, I, I think a, a really good role model there for Jacki. Yeah, it seems like they'd be, well, Edmondson would be the perfect guy for him to, lo- to learn from. And we know Edmondson, uh, he brings a lot of leadership to the table, we know he's on board uh, to help well help raise this new crop of uh, young Habs, and uh, I'm very excited to see these two work together. For sure. Taking a look uh, around the league uh, for hockey news, first and foremost, the Ottawa Senators have begun their process to sell the team. The sale is conditional on uh, this team remaining in Ottawa, so no need to talk about relocation. Uh, sorry, Quebec. Sorry, Houston. It's not going to happen. Uh, some of the many rumored buyers so far include Ryan Reynolds, as reported by People Magazine, and I think this one is just fans trying to make it happen. Uh, there's also a rumor about an ownership group that uh, features Daniel Alfredson as uh, one of the shareholders. Yeah, it, it's... Um, now... Uh, Ryan Reynolds being part of a group, but uh, his his uh, net worth is is listed at in the neighborhood of 150 million, and uh, you know that's nothing to sneeze at, except when you're after uh, an a team uh, yeah. that is expected to go uh, near the one billion dollar mark as as far as the selling price. Uh, the Senators, um, their valuation. We're going to talk about. Uh, NHL valuations in a minute, but their valuation is is up uh, 21% uh, from last year, and that's uh, partly uh, fueled by uh, the announcements of a new arena. Although that's that's been 
promised before, uh, but they've yeah. uh, been awarded um, some land by the National uh, Capital Commission downtown, and and uh, that's pushed up their value uh, to six hundred and fifty-five million dollars. Um, and I'm sure that's uh, going to come into play uh, in their sale. Yeah, absolutely. This is a sale that's not just about the hockey team. It's about a huge development down at uh, Le Breton. Obviously, the big uh, new arena is going to be the centerpiece. But also, we're talking about some real estate, uh, probably putting in some uh, other attractions and developing the land uh, so this is going to be a long process. I wouldn't expect it to happen overnight. And uh, hey, if uh, you know Ryan Reynolds, Daniel Alfredson, and uh, sure, well, let's throw in Justin Bieber if they can team up <laughs> and uh, put this together. Uh, I'm a very happy boy. <laughs> there you go. So talking about uh, NHL uh, valuations, uh, the average NHL franchise in uh, 2022 is worth uh, 1.01 billion, according to Sportico. Uh, the I guess the highest ranked team is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, number two, the Rangers and number three, the Montreal Canadiens always amazes me to see how high up on these lists that uh, Montreal ends up being. Uh, it, Montreal is a big city, but uh, not nearly as big as uh, Toronto or New York. So that just speaks to how uh, passionate some of these fans are. And that for the Molson family, that's an 8% increase uh, over last year uh, to 1.7 billion. I, I mean, the, the, the numbers are difficult to fathom, but 1.7 billion for the Canadians, 2.01 billion for the Rangers, and 2.12 billion for the Leafs. Uh, if you go through the list, as you said, the average, the average is $1 billion. Uh, if you go through the top 10, you, you'll find all the original six teams. That's certainly a factor there um, with the uh, Detroit Red Wings coming in at $1.12 billion, uh, 10th overall on this list. Yeah, it's, it's always fun to take a look at uh, these types of rankings, but uh, it also it, maybe it's a little bit humbling when you take a look uh, at, uh, say, an MLB team like, uh, oh, yeah. like the Marlins who are worth, one billion on their own and they don't seem to really have uh, too many fans or sell too many tickets so uh, just uh, crazy to look at uh, the comparisons that way and obviously compare this to nba nfl it's probably not even that close but uh, it's still pretty cool i enjoyed going through all these lists and one of the things you know the canadians are number three but they're number one in terms of revenue um their revenue annual revenue uh, of $257 million. It was down during the pandemic, but even, uh, I think it was $91 million during the pandemic, which still sounds pretty good uh, yeah. when you don't have fans in the building. But last season, $257 million. That's first in the NHL. Yeah, hard to comprehend those numbers in my <laughs> yeah. in my head. Uh, it's pretty crazy, and uh, like I said, that just speaks to the amount of passion that the fans have for this team. It's uh, absolutely incredible. So uh, coming up, uh, we'll hear a brief message from our sponsors, uh, DraftKings, and then uh, we'll get into our big topic segment uh, with John Liu. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Now, 
you know, we cover the Habs here. Uh, But, you know, for me personally, I'm a fan of hockey in general. So I love to use DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, you know, to set up uh, kind of some my my favorite picks for for opening weekend and see if we could get some same gay parlays going on. In fact, if it's not enough excitement for you to bet that $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. That's what I like to do. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and and lots more options for your shot at an even bigger payout. Now, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. I use it. It's so much fun. Uh, and I don't make big bets. I bet like 25 cents at a time. Like it's it, it's very reasonable. And you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella. And you can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can give him a follow at All Habs on Twitter. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit the website at CanadiansConnection.com. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player on your favorite podcast app. That way, you never miss a single episode. And uh, Rick, uh, I think I may have said Arbor Jackai too many times in that last segment <laughs> because uh, I think some sirens you may have You trigger the by. sirens, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, everything's good on my end. You're uh, all right? You're all right? Yeah, yeah, it's all good. We're good, okay. <laughs> but uh, to get into this, uh, we do have Jean-Lou who is uh, waiting to come into the studio in just a moment. Uh, Habs fans, if you watched uh, the game uh, when uh, Montreal went into Winnipeg, uh, you may have noticed some familiar faces on the TSN coverage. John Liu being one of them as a host, and of course Dan Robert- Robertson uh, as a play-by-play announcer. Uh, both recently went over uh, to Winnipeg to get TV jobs with TSN uh, after being predominant figures within the Montreal media for many, many years. Uh, it's it's nice to see them on TV. Uh, both seem like really awesome guys. Uh, Jean Lou, uh, I think one of my favorites, probably one of the best in the biz. And uh, if you ever meet him in person, super nice guy. He all always take time to talk to you. And he's taken time to talk uh, with us uh, over the years, um, even back to the Habs three hundred and sixty podcast that was uh, the predecessor of Canadians Connection, and and uh, uh, now taking time to sit down with us and and. Uh, uh, talk about uh, his life, about the Montreal Canadiens, about uh, living in Montreal, and about his move to Winnipeg. And uh, without further ado, I'll uh, step out of the studio here to make room for John Liu and uh, Amy Johnson. Welcome to the show. Well, it is my absolute pleasure this week here on the Canadians Connection podcast to be int- to be able to introduce our uh, very special guest for this week. He is not a stranger to the Canadians Connection podcast, and I am very pleased to welcome uh, the new host of Jets on TSN and Winnipeg Bureau reporter, 
none other than Mr. John Liu. John, thank you so much for being with us here on the show today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Amy. Rick, thanks for having me on. I I first want to just kind of get a sense and a feeling from you, John. You know, you've uh, in in some of the um, in some of the the things that you've written, both on social media or or uh, in a long form article format uh, in in the past month or so, you talked about how uh, getting this job and going back to Winnipeg was was not only a homecoming for you, but also calling it your dream job. Um, and I can't imagine with with you know it's it's not everyone and every day who gets to say that they've landed their actual dream job. Um, much less it being in the place that they really call home in their heart, and much less being just before the start of the regular season for hockey and having to coordinate a move in there and all of those kinds of things, which I'm sure just uh, was a, a, a roller coaster of emotions and, and things to take care of uh, in the past month. Can you describe just what this whirlwind has been like for you and and how much it means to you to 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 be able to take this position with the with with TSN in Winnipeg well first of all I mean Amy whirlwind is probably the best way to describe it but I, I should start by saying that doing the beat in Montreal for 15 years really was a dream job for me <laughs> yeah. um, uh, covering the most storied franchise in hockey the most successful franchise in hockey, uh, meeting legends like Jean Bellibeau and Guy Lafleur and Ivan Cornwallier, you name it, and and just being in that environment and that amongst the fan base in the Bell Center, covering playoff series, uh, guys that are going to go down in history as current legends like Carey Price, Brendan Gallagher. Uh, it was just an absolute privilege, and it really was a dream to be able to cover the Canadians as long as I did, and. Um, uh, so I, I, leaving Montreal, um, I did not take that lightly by any means. Mm -hmm. um, but having said that, uh, as far as my career aspirations were concerned, uh, there was really no opportunity for me to grow um, in the roles that I wanted to in Montreal. And so when the, when the opportunity came up in Winnipeg, which really was completely unpredictable and unexpected, when my former TSN colleague, Sarah Orleski, took uh, a, a new job with the Winnipeg Jets, well, that created the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for mm -hmm. me to move into another dream job, and that <laughs> was to advance my career, which I have done, uh, covering or being the host on uh, for the Jets on TSN, uh, but also uh, being able to do what I love in my hometown. And uh, that's been a journey, a process that kind of happened organically over the last couple of years due to personal circumstances, uh, Ill illness and family losses in my family. And um, it really created um, a sense of um, uh, a desire for me to be among family and among really close friends that I've, that have been in my circle since kindergarten in certain cases, uh, uh, just reconnecting with my support network in my hometown that was really important at this stage of my life and this stage of my career um, based on where I've been, especially in the last two years. So, so that, uh, I mean, and what, what does it mean to it? mean? It means the world because to be able to, to combine the best of both worlds professionally and personally, that's not an opportunity that many people get to, uh, to say that's that they, that they're living the dream every day.
Absolutely. I, I want to pick up on that phrase that you said, you 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 called it your support network and a, and a support network in any stage in life, both personally and professionally is, is so important to have. I want to take that, that phrase support network and turn it to the other aspect of this move for you in that, as, as you even wrote in an article, uh, you were part of a package deal almost with, with Dan Robertson, um, another staple in, in the Montreal media leaving and, and joining Winnipeg as, as the voice of the Winnipeg Jets. Now, can, can you describe what's that, what that has meant for you? Not only, I guess, professionally and personally getting to make the move at the same time that Dan does so that there's a, 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 a very familiar face in there with you kind of going through this new journey at the same time. But that also, since you have such a history and, and home in Winnipeg, that you can also act as a bit of a support network for, for Dan, who's living there for the first time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and- to be honest, uh, I found out about Dan moving to Winnipeg before I found out that I got the job. Oh, wow. Uh, my job. And to be honest, um, uh, even if I, uh, even if I didn't get, if, if I hadn't been appointed to the Winnipeg bureau position, I would have been thrilled for Dan mm-hmm. to have gotten what he wanted, which was the opportunity to work full-time in television, calling NHL games. Mm-hmm. And I think Dan probably would have gone anywhere to do that. But the fact <laughs> that he is getting to do so in Winnipeg, um, in a community that is in many ways similar to his home province of, of the Halifax area in Nova Scotia, I think it's such a great fit. And Dan's body of work and his, his skills, his talent, his track record speak for themselves. Um, and so I would have been really, I'm so happy for him, even if I didn't come here with him. But having said that, things worked out fantastically. <laughs> and um, the thing is that for both Dan and me, it's like the, the, the prospect of coming here was uh, there was, there was a, a long shadow cast for, over both of us. And that was Dennis Bayak who was an institution here in Winnipeg. He's from Winnipeg and one of the finest and most accomplished play-by-play men to ever call hockey. And also Dennis is an absolute gentleman and a, a wonderful individual, one of the nicest people you could meet in the business. And you can say the same about Sarah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, again, like she was just an absolute fixture in the community here with the Jets and on the CFL, hey, the CFL, not just the Bombers, but all of Western Canada, really. She mm-hmm. kind of covered the whole territory here over the over this summer in particular. Um, and so, yeah, you know, like two very beloved, respected figures in this city as, as Winnipeggers themselves, but also in the, in the, the local and national sporting scene. Um, that's, uh, those were, as many people have said, big shoes to fill. But having said that, you know, Dan and I, we don't take these assignments lightly, but we bring a lot of experience and um, our own unique uh, skill sets and abilities to this job, our jobs. And so it's like we're certainly not trying to be Dennis and Sarah. We're going to be Dan and John (laughs) and uh, make these roles our own, but we just want to do pay respect and do honor to the people who preceded us who did absolutely fantastic jobs. And I know Dan will do that simply because he's a pro through and through and he's a, a wonderful individual, fantastic guy, really funny guy. And mm-hmm. uh, he'll fit in really well in this province, in this community. 
because his, uh, you know, uh, East Coasters are very much like uh, Manitobans. And uh, once he gets his footing, um, because he's been extraordinarily busy, like October was a very heavy road schedule for the Jets. And so he was, uh, I think he was probably out of town more than he was in <laughs> Winnipeg to start the season. Oh, no. And, uh, no, not seriously. I, I, and, yeah, so, I mean, for him trying to coordinate a move as well, yeah. uh, that's, uh, that was really hard. Dan's, I, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a gamer and a trooper, but he's tired right now. I'm... Like when I see him these days. He, he he really needs to catch up on his sleep, <laughs> but uh, but I mean he'll come through with it just fine. And once he's able to 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 take a breath and get comfortable, he'll fit in really well. And you know, but from my standpoint, because the Jets, I'm not traveling doing broadcasts yet. Uh, so the Jets have a, had a very light home schedule in in October. So I was home a lot, which is great because from the time that I got here at the end of September until the moment that we speak. Um, moved here, um, was living in a hotel. My wife was just getting back to get back from our home in Atlanta, Canada, where she has been running a bed and breakfast out of that home for the last three summers. So she had to coordinate the preparation of our house for our real estate agents to put the house on the market and get it ready for sale. She was coordinating pack with the movers to pack up and move things here. Um, I was on the ground here in Winnipeg trying to get adjusted to the job doing the hosting duties, which is something I've never done in my career. And mm-hmm. so there was a, a, a pretty sharp learning curve as well. So there, we had a lot going on. And then we took possession of our home uh, two-thirds of the way through October. The movers came a few days later. And so for the last two-plus weeks, we've been cleaning, uh, arranging, unpacking, moving, you know, getting rid of stuff, getting new stuff. And so it's been a whirlwind, like you said, pro- professionally and personally. So I've been lucky that I've been able to, to, to be on the ground here and, and, and to, uh, well, my wife's been taking care of the home, quite frankly, <laughs> she's been doing unbelievable work. Uh, and I've helped out when I can in ways that I can, but um, yeah. So, I mean, for both of us, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's been a real challenge, but having said that, uh, we're loving it simply because this is what we wanted and to be able to do it in a community like this, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's priceless. It really is. And so uh, it's just going to keep getting better and better. The, the, you know, once things, once the dust, the dust settles and, uh, and we get more uh, adjusted into our respective uh, positions with the, uh, with the program here. And uh, yeah, we'll just keep it moving forward. And uh, you've been entertaining visitors um, living out in the Fort Richmond area near University of Manitoba. You've had some, at least I, I saw on Instagram, you had some uh, family of deer um, in your yard oh, yeah. visiting. And mm-hmm. uh, that must be a little different for you. Um, you, you well, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that where I lived in, in Quebec, uh, we, it, it was a very beautiful pastoral part of the uh, uh, the area outside Montreal. Um, but having said that, we didn't have deer for quite, <laughs> quite a few years oh. living in or walking around our community, whereas now, where my wife and I live right close to the University of Manitoba, I think there's a whole colony of them that walk up and down the Red River because a friend of mine who lives close to my high school alma mater, which is several kilometers north of where we live, he says that he's seen the same 
um, I don't know, I think it's like a six-point buck um, that was in my front yard uh, last week. And so these deer get around. They have quite a wide territory, <laughs> and we see them almost every day uh, hanging out in our yard or a neighbor's yard or just walking around the neighborhood, eating people's trees and plants. <laughs> Some people leave vegetables out for them. Oh, nice. So it's, it's really, it's beautiful. And Well, and it's so funny because, you know, I, I, I went to the University of Manitoba, but all those years, I, I never explored the, the community right around the campus. Mm. But now I live there. And um, there's a beautiful park close by. And so my wife and I actually kind of lucked into this really lovely area that has a lot more green space and nature in it than we originally had realized. And so, yeah, it's, it's, we were, we're really, now that we're getting close to, be, to being fully moved in, we're really starting to enjoy the area. And so is our dog. Our, our dog really likes it too. So, uh, I mean, that's important. That's, Absolutely. That's really important. So, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Well, you, you're embracing the, the lifestyle in, in Winnipeg. Much as you, you know, you were, you were new to uh, Montreal. You embraced uh, Montreal um, and its culture and its differences. And Montreal really embraced you. you 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 mentioned about dennis and sarah being much beloved you and dan were much beloved uh, and still are in in montreal and um if there's evidence of that um just after morning skate uh on thursday uh brendan gallagher uh, brought you both both you and dan a gift uh of an autographed jersey and and uh that had to be meaningful and and then i noticed la- uh, um on thursday night um on Twitter, uh, the number of Canadians fans that, uh, and, and no resp- disrespect to the Canadians uh, broadcast, but they were switching over to the Jets broadcast because they needed, uh, they needed a dose of, of uh, John and Dan. And I, th- I thought that was, that, was, uh, that was really a nice uh, 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 kind of tribute to the, the kinds of work that both you and Dan did while you were in Montreal. Um, yeah, and, um, <laughs> um, that makes me pretty emotional, um, uh, because, um, neither Dan nor I really had that much of a chance to say goodbye to mm-hmm. Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, the last broadcast that I did, uh, perhaps on TSN was a Monday night preseason game. And I left very early the next morning at the road um, for Hearst, Ontario, which was my halfway point driving to, to Winnipeg. And so it was not a long goodbye. Um, it was basically um, a very quick word in the broadcast and then see ya, you know. Um, so yesterday was kind of like um, a, a little bit of, um, uh, I guess, part two of our goodbye, or at least picking it up where we had very barely had started. And, you know, certainly Brendan Gallagher uh, giving Dan and me a couple of autographed jerseys was completely unexpected, uh, but it was such a classy move. Um, I know that Chantal McAbey, who was just an absolutely, uh, an absolutely lovely person, uh, just so kind and caring and warm and, and thoughtful um, that she would have been behind the mechanics of that. But for Brendan to go out of his way to do that, uh, to, to, to extend that gesture to Dan and me was, was totally unexpected. So classy, but I, it doesn't surprise me simply because from having covered Brendan for his entire career, 
that's just the type of person he is. Mm-hmm. And when uh, when my career is over, I'll look back, and he'd be right at the top three probably of people that um, I really uh, cherished dealing with uh, because of his his um, uh, the way he can he conducts himself as a professional always has um, the way that he the type of teammate that he is the type of leader that he is to his teammates um, but more than anything the person that he is uh, that he is just uh, top drawer a one individual um, uh, the, t- the 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 things that he does for kids uh, for charity behind the scenes that people never hear about never see because he doesn't want people to know about it um, he's just a very special individual so well brought up and such a uh, uh, just so genuinely uh, invested in into his community whether it's in his home in BC um, or his adoptive home of Montreal uh, yeah that's uh, that's just Brendan Gallagher and so um, yeah so for him to uh, extend that gesture was that was something really special and um, I'm not a jersey collector or paraphernalia connect collector by any means, but uh, I guess I'm, I'm going to have to buy a, a, a jersey case of <laughs> yeah. some sort to, to hang that in my rec room because Definitely. that one will be uh, uh, a cherished memento for the rest of my life. Um, but as far as the, um, the res- responses, the comments that Dan and I were garnering on social media, that really was very touching too. Um, and, you know, when we were saying our goodbyes on social media initially, uh, there was a lot of, there were a lot of really heartfelt uh, messages to, to me, to Dan, uh, and I, we really appreciate that. Um, it, it, it's the ultimate compliment when people extend themselves that way, um, because um, just hearing um, or seeing what kind of an impact we made um, on their lives. I mean, you know, what we do is not life or death. It's entertainment, but if we can bring some joy, some some happiness, uh, some fun, uh, and, and fulfillment to people's lives, then, well, then that's going to be more than accomplished what we could possibly have set out to do. And so for people to uh, uh, reciprocate by telling us, you know, saying the, the really heartfelt and kind things that they did, that just meant the world to, to me, and I'm sure it did to Dan as well. And it just continued last night, too. So, um, I mean, I love my colleagues, Brian and Dave, in Montreal. I love doing the, the, the shows with them. So I think that they're just top-notch professionals among mm-hmm. the best in the world. Uh, but for people to say this, like, yeah, we were watching, we jumped over to the Jets broadcast to watch <laughs> you guys. Well, that's just a huge, huge compliment, yeah. too. And so I thank for, for those, your listeners who, who may have extended some of those messages, I say thank you, because that's, uh, it's so very much appreciated. And um, you know, we, uh, uh, it, it's an honor. It really is that uh, that we are able to uh, to uh, to be um, rep- a reporter and a voice of the uh, of the Montreal Canadiens for as long as we were as was was we did. Um, in addition to your fine coverage, uh, you were also well. You mentioned the words uh, joy and fun. I think part of that was expressed through. Um, your wardrobe. You were known in Montreal as being a smart, a snappy dresser. And um, does that change at all uh, when you go to to Winnipeg? <laughs> um, um, yeah is 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 there a different uh, is there a different John Lou wardrobe in Winnipeg? 
Well, I'm trading in uh, bow ties for wool mufflers, and I'm trading in um, <laughs> my my Air Jordans for Sorrel. Uh, no, no, um, no, no, actually not. Um, one of the gentlemen, one of the executives who was on the panel who uh, interviewed me for the Winnipeg position, um, he asked me, he's like, so, you know, if, if you do move to Winnipeg, does that mean you're going to have to give up uh, – your Montreal tailor. I said, no, absolutely not. <laughs> um, my friend Pellegrino, I'm going to little give a little shout out and, and, um, and a plug for Pellegrino Castronovo. I mean, he, he is one of my closest friends whom I, uh, whom I made in, in my time in Montreal. And he's been doing my wardrobe for since 2008. And I certainly intend to continue, uh, collaborating with, with Pelly for, uh, for uh, for uh, the, the creations that we come up with, um, because that's you know it's my calling card, and uh, I'm not going to change my wardrobe just because I'm in Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg is, I mean, certainly from a fashion standpoint, is not Montreal, but um, it's uh, wardrobe is is an ex- is an extension of people's personalities, and I'm not changing my personality simply because I'm in Winnipeg in my hometown. It's uh, I'll still be me, and so uh, my wardrobe is an extension of that. And uh, sorry, that's a long-winded way of saying that, yes, I'm going to be dressing the same way and you know, continuing with my guy in Montreal. Now, there is a distinctive part of the Winnipeg uh, wardrobe, and, and it, it goes beyond uh, Parkas and, and Sorrell's. And that is, now, I, I think listeners uh, know that uh, I lived in Winnipeg for a, a dozen years. I, I uh, was happy to cheer for for the Jets when they weren't playing the Canadians, and I attended um, the Winnipeg Canadians games at, at the Winnipeg Jets 1.0 uh, version at the Winnipeg Arena. Um, as I said, I had season tickets, and but there was something known when the Canadians came to town. There was something known as Tuxedo Night, and uh, it seemed like on Thursday night you were trying to resurrect uh, t- Tuxedo Night. You look great in your tux. Thank you. Um, well, to be honest with you, Rick, that's not, it's not actually a tux. That's just my standby, my go-to black suit. Okay. But again, because Pellegrino does such tremendous work, it looks like a tuxedo. It does, it does very, yeah. Yeah. It's a very, uh, it, yeah. It's a very elegant suit, and um, I mean, he's the best in the country as far as I'm concerned when it comes to bespoke tailors. Um, so no, that that's not actually a tux, but it, it, it can be sort of dressed up to almost look like one. And, uh, and to your, your point, uh, you and I, I guess we were of similar vintage Rick, because yeah, I remember <laughs> tuxedo nights in, in, with, from the jets 1.0 days when the Canadians would come to town. And I always thought it was such a, it was such a, uh, there was something quintessentially Winnipeg about that, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, that, that's, there was this level of respect mm-hmm. from Winnipeggers toward an institution like the Montreal Canadiens that they would say, you know what, we recognize that in, well, because that's when the forum existed. This was pre-Bell Center, that back in the day, uh, fans would dress in suits and fedoras and go to games at the Bell, or at the, at the old forum. And so Winnipeggers recognized that that history and that um, uh, that characteristic of, of of Montreal, of the fan base and of the Canadians. And so by uh, instituting Tuxedo Nights, it was really a it was a ver- real sign of respect for 
for the city of Montreal and the Canadians themselves. I always thought that was a very, um, it was an endearing um, practice um, on the mm-hmm. part of my hometown and the fans here. And so I thought, ah, you know what, why not? You know, have a little bit of fun with this. But, you know, from the responses that I was getting, and it wasn't a ton of responses, but, you know, just doing a straw poll, it's like, yeah, people really, it, you could tell that that really resonates, still resonates with Winnipeggers of a certain vintage who lived through that, who experienced it, who might have dressed up in their tuxes to go to games. And so I wouldn't be surprised if next year, because I'll probably push it again in the days and weeks leading up to the Canadian's visit to Winnipeg. It's like, yep, tuxedo night, let's do this. Um, and, Great. Uh, like resurrect uh, an old tradition. <laughs> we love that. And, and you know, as you say, it makes, it resonates with, 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 a certain age of Winnipeggers and, and the connection is made with, with Canadians fans as well. Um, and, and, you know, and speaking of kind of connections to, to shift this a bit towards the, the hockey side of things, you know, this week's game uh, bringing the, the Canadians into Winnipeg, you know, of course there were connections there for, for Yoel Armia and, and uh, newer Montreal Canadians like, Johnny Kovacevic, uh, who was who was coming back to to the team, uh, he had just left. But uh, one individual in particular, uh, Joel Edmondson, made his finally coming back from injury, making his season debut. Good Manitoba boy from Brandon, but making his season debut in Winnipeg had a lot of family and friends in attendance. Can you describe even just from from both your perspective now covering the Jets, but also? Uh, of course, all the time that you have spent uh, covering and getting to know uh, Joel Edmondson as well, just how special this week's game was was for Edmondson. Uh, I think not so much this week's game, but it really got a sense of how special uh, playing for the Canadians was, what it meant to Joel uh, when we go back to the, the playoff series between the Jets and the Canadians in 2021. Uh, when when the Canadians swept Winnipeg, and at that time Joel's dad Bob was going through, uh, he was he was really he, he was in the fight of his of his life mm-hmm. against cancer, and sadly as we all know, uh, Bob Edmondson passed away earlier this year, um, and um, but just from and not wanting to pry too much mm-hmm. um, into what Joel was going through, uh, when when we did ask the occasional question of him about being able to play against his home province, wearing the colors of the team that his dad grew up loving. Uh, and that he was so proud that Joel was a Montreal Canadian. Um, I think that had to be the pinnacle, mm-hmm. you know, that's that as a, the Habs, we were able to, to sweep the jets that, that Joel played a significant role in the Canadians run to the final that year and that Joel was able to spend a little bit of time at home while the Canadians were in that series because his dad was in such rough shape. So mm-hmm. just all those factors combined, uh, I believe that that was probably, I, I think that once Joel's career is over, they will probably look back at that, that one and a half week stretch as one of the most special in his career because of the time that he was able to spend with his dad um, and the way that that series unfolded. So, yeah, of course it, 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 it's, it's special for him to come back to Winnipeg uh, and play 
you know, against, uh, you know, his home province's team. I, but, but he was back here last season already, if I remember correctly. Well, certainly the Jets were. I can't remember now if, if, if Joel was back in the lineup at that point because he missed so much time mm-hmm. last season with his back injury. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I don't think any much could beat 2021 in that playoff series for him. But no doubt last night was, uh, was a big one for him, you know, making his season debut in his home province. But, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, well, he and Joel uh, – the money that they would have put on the table didn't uh, <laughs> didn't get uh, put into the team fund in the no. team party fund. <laughs> no. The Jets spoiled their party. Well, and one of the players who helped uh, spoil the the party was uh, Pierre Luc Dubois, being the first star of the game on Thursday night. Um, and uh, post game, Rick Bonus praised um, uh, Pierre Luc Dubois, uh, said he was a force out there, said he had an outstanding game. Um, and we remember that uh, in the off season, um, it was I guess his Pierre Luc Dubois agent that caused a, a bit of a stir in Montreal, a stir amongst Habs fans, hopeful that uh, that they were going to see the uh, uh, Pierre Luc Dubois uh, come to to Montreal. Um, if you can just tell us about his his season, um, his uh, his mood, his. Uh, and how he's uh, contributing to the, the the Jets now that he's he's focused on being in Winnipeg and and uh, helping the the hockey team. Well, uh, there's no question that Pierre Luc Dubois is, is a very important player for the Jets. And in an ideal world, they'd like to get him to ink a long term deal simply because if they can have a one two punch up the middle of Mark Shifley and 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 PLD mm-hmm. then they're set for a long time. Well, mind you though, uh, Mark Shifley's contract is he only has 2 years left on on his deal and uh, certainly at a bargain price. So the Jets are going to face some uh, some some cap issues mm-hmm. uh, if they're able if they're going to be able to retain, retain both of those uh, those centers who are really I, I think they're a 1 and 1A situation, not a 1 and 2, but a 1 and 1A. Um, that uh, you know the I think that for for Dubois, it's kind of a journey of discovery because I mean, we all I think we kind of forget that he's only 24. You mm-hmm. know, but he's he's far from a finished product. He's still a player who's developing, who's growing, who's um, who's becoming. He's building his skills and his abilities, and and uh, uh, still discovering the player that he's going to be. And something that he said early in the season, and this really resonated with me, was a conversation that he disclosed with uh, Rick Bonus um, about what role he would move into and what he wants to become is a player who will be a last-minute guy. You know, somebody who, if you need a goal late in the game or if you're trying to protect a one-goal lead, that he wants to be that guy. And we already see that he is a, 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 an accomplished two-way centerman. Um, but him taking the next step is to become a go-to in that regard. That's that he would be, it would be unquestioned. It's like, well, you're in a, in crunch time. And it's like number 80 is out there. Uh, that's the guy that he wants to be. Now, as far as his long-term uh, plans are concerned, I really couldn't tell you um, just because, uh, you know, the fact that he's on a one-year deal and that uh, he's getting closer to unrestricted free agency, it's going to, um, uh, that that's only going to stoke speculation and wish lists that much further. But to be honest with you, like I said, the Jets have cap issues that they're going to have to contend with in the next uh, in the next year or so. Uh, but having said that, you know the Canadians are going to as well mm-hmm. because next summer 
they're going to have to take care of Cole Caulfield. And if Kirby Dock plays out to be um, a centerman, a number two centerman, um, well, I mean, he's on a, a very team-friendly contract right now, but mm-hmm. he may turn out to be a guy that becomes that number two centerman. So, like, why would you spend – why would you throw big money at PLD when you got a Kirby Dock in-house? Not to mention, what about Sean Monaghan? If he has a really big bounce-back year and the Canadians decide that, well, rather than flip him as a rental player, that they want to get him to sign long-term, well, that's a guy that could play number two or even number one center as well. Um, so the, their solutions up the middle in Montreal may already be in-house, depending how they play out. And the fact is that both Doc and Monaghan are young and young-ish. They have lots of track to run, too. So, um, you know, obviously, I've, of course, the Montreal fan base is going to look at a homegrown product, bilingual, uh, charismatic, handsome, fantastic player as a guy that's um, – would would fit in well but to be honest with you i have no idea whether pierre luke what his desires would be uh in terms of a homecoming you know right. there is a very a fairly sizable french canadian community in winnipeg to there be honest is mm-hmm. san boniface where where i actually grew up in a suburb of uh, of, of that community um when i was a kid and uh and, and i had a conversation en français with uh with pierre luke uh early uh in my tenure, we were just chatting, and I, I promised Chantal Maccabee that I would not lose my French. And so, Pierre uh, <laughs> Luc is, I guess, kind of my, my, not my sounding board, but kind of like my, my, what would you, I don't know what you'd call him, like my um, pitching coach or something. There you go. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, Keeping you uh, in good practice. When I, when I have time, I, that's right. Yeah. When I have time, I have conversations with him in French and just chatting with him about his home and his hockey background and stuff like that. And, yeah, he told me, I don't know if this is out there, but he told me that he's actually a Flyers fan. You know, oh. it's like I get, think everybody assumes that anybody from Quebec, uh, pl- hockey player, is a Canadian fan. But no, he's actually, he, he grew up as a fan of the Broad Street Bullies. I mean, he wouldn't have seen them. He wouldn't have watched them play live. But I think because of his dad's influence, mm. uh, Pierre Luc is actually a Flyers fan. And so I found that very interesting. But um, Well, that's news. Um, yeah, so... Yes. Well, okay. If it is, it is. Right? But, uh, yeah, we're just having a casual conversation. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, so I mean, obviously, this story is not going to go away until his future unfolds. But uh, the fact of the matter is, every player wants to be part of a winning program. And if the Jets have a really good season and he grows in his role, then you know that maybe lays the foundation for him mm-hmm. considering uh, spending a the prime years of his career with his current team, you know? So I, yeah, again, we know the story's not going to go away and it'll be fun to see how it unfolds in, in both camp sides, because obviously what happens from a contract situation and where the teams go are, uh, that's going to uh, influence uh, what happens from a free agency standpoint. But, um, but that's, that's where I'm at with respect to, uh, you know, signposts that I've, that I've, <laughs> that I've encountered uh, in my time since uh, interacting with Jets players, in particular number 80. Well, one last question for you before before we let you go here, and, and we'll, we'll ask you to take one more trip down memory lane for us, I suppose. Uh, you know, I'm sure over the course of your tenure in Montreal, covering not only the Montreal Canadiens, but the Alouettes uh, and, and sports in general in Montreal, I am sure that you 
accumulated and accrued uh, so many special moments or favorite moments or funny moments or or just memorable moments. Are there is there one or two that stick out in your mind kind of at the top of the list of of when you think in just a flash of your time in Montreal that really stand out to you? Oh, that is so hard because, I mean, 15 years, I mean, it's hard to encapsulate that in a couple of moments. But um, um, one that really stands out for me in particular was um, uh, the the playoff series, uh, Boston uh, Boston and and Montreal, when the Canadians uh, went on ahead onto the the conference final. And the goal that that PK scored uh, when he came out of the penalty box and and deked – Took a rask out of his shorts and scored that <laughs> uh, that, uh, that that goal. Uh, that was probably that was probably the most visceral crowd reaction that I've ever experienced in any venue in any sport, because it was so loud and so raw, mm-hmm. uh, and the moment was just so electric. Uh, that one, I'll always remember that one. Um, but I'm, it's it's moments it's hard to identify moments but um it, it's more that i just remember people mm-hmm. um and um when you if you go back to my column it's i didn't really talk so much about uh, moments mm-hmm. as it was individuals and i and i spoke at length about brendan gallagher that's an individual right there carrie price watching carrie price grow up mm-hmm. you know from the rookie with a lot of swagger and incredible talent to the, the 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 really admirable family man um and um you know, uh, the, the 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 great human being that he is that he's become um, um anthony calvillo just just the the model of professionalism and and flawless execution through his years with mark Tressman. that's what i remember more so the the individuals themselves um than I do about what happened on the gridiron or between the boards. And um, so, um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm sorry if I can't really come up with a whole lot of, uh, you know, like this moment, this moment, that, but I mean like the PK goal, that stands out (laughs) simply because that was just, it was, it was flooring, you know, but, uh, but yeah, more than anything, it's like the time that I spent in Montreal, uh, it was all about the people truly. Um, you know, the athletes, the coaches, GMs that I encountered, uh, good, bad, win, lose, or draw, um, my colleagues on the beat, the friends that I made, the fans that I in, that I had interactions with who were, you know, very appreciative and respectful. And, you know, like, uh, I, I cherish all of that. It was, you know, truly the, uh, the experience of a lifetime uh, from a professional standpoint, so gratifying and so rich um, that, uh, yeah, I think... I'm going to have to experience a lot in my hometown for it to surpass what I experienced <laughs> in Montreal and Quebec. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I will, it, I'll look back on that time with, uh, uh, with, to say I'll look back on it with incredible fondness is an understatement. Uh, but uh, yeah, it just, it meant that much to me. Well, we're very grateful to you for spending uh, some time with us. And, and uh, we know how much you and your work meant to, uh, the people, the fans, uh, our listeners, and uh, we're we're just uh, very grateful that that you took some time to to uh, um, talk about uh, your 
the work that you've done and the work that you've uh, yet yet to come. And uh, we're excited to see what you do in Winnipeg. Well, thank you, Rick. Amy, appreciate it. Folks, you know, if you're not already following John on Twitter, you still can, even though he's even though he's covering the Winnipeg Jets. The handles change just a little bit now. It's at John Lou TSN WPG. Uh, and it is just uh, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to talk with you today, John. We uh, we thank you so much for coming on to the show uh, once again. And we look forward to having you back uh, again. <laughs> we'll talk some Jets hockey now. It's that time, right? That's sure. right. <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, thank you. Well, that's everything that uh, you ever wanted to know uh, about John Liu, about uh, how he approaches his uh, job. And as you said, uh, certainly one of of uh, the country's foremost uh, sports reporters, uh, most visible face, uh, nice guy. Um, and we're just very grateful uh, that he spent so much time with us. And, and listen, he said that uh, he didn't really get a chance. Uh, everything happened so quickly in a whirlwind. He didn't get a chance uh, to uh, give a proper goodbye to uh, his, his friends and, and, and Canadians fans um, that uh, he valued over the past 15 years. And so he really appreciated the opportunity to come on our show, to use our platform uh, to reach uh, our listeners. Yeah, big thanks to uh, John Liu. I enjoyed listening to all of that. Uh, really nice to hear about his time in Montreal and uh, his time in Winnipeg so far. And uh, a little fun bit there about uh, Dubois and Edmondson. Uh, <laughs> that was pretty interesting. I think we can keep an eye on that one. For sure. So uh, now I think uh, we'll head into our final break here on the Canadians Connection. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. 
Welcome back to episode 216 of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Please remember to follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit the website canadiansconnection.com. Also, feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line 5853-ROCKET. And when you reach out to us, remember to include your first name and where you're from. Uh, that way, if we uh, decide to read it on air, uh, we can let everyone know who this message was from, and it's not just anonymous. Rick, uh, what uh, an absolutely amazing exclusive interview with John Liu. Uh, loved listening to that uh, how did you feel coming into segment three here? Tremendous. Uh, that that was, um, it, it's been a while, um, but uh, really happy that he sat down with us and, and was able to talk directly to, to Canadians fans uh, who, who still mean so, so very much to him. So in uh, this segment here, I'm just going to start things off by uh, letting everyone know how they can keep up to date with everything Montreal Canadiens. Of course, uh, the easiest way is our All Habs hockey magazine at allhabs.net. On there, you will find our Habs notepad that's uh, taken care of by Chris G. Every week, he takes a deep dive onto basically everything uh, Montreal Canadiens. So if you need a source to stay up to date, that's probably one of the best ones. Also, we have a feature article coming in uh, from our Rocket Sports team member, Adam, entitled, Who's Staying and Leaving? What can you tell us about that one, Rick? Well, it's uh, Adam uh, took a stab at um, uh, his impression of, of uh, the, the players. We, we know that, that Kent Hughes, we, we talked about it, uh, that uh, Kent Hughes is, is looking to um, make room, uh, not only a number, well, two types of numbers, uh, the number of, of forwards on the roster, but also uh, those contract dollars that, uh, you know, that they, they want a, more flexibility on the salary cap. Uh, so Adam goes through and, and talks about the players, in his opinion, who's, who are going to be leaving and those who could uh, provide a mentoring role uh, who might be staying um, and and who are going to be part of the long-term core. Also, you can head over to YouTube and check out the Habs Hockey Report hosted by Amy Johnson. Uh, every Thursday, Amy comes out with a brand new episode, the latest one, A Pause for Carrie Price. Uh, make sure uh, you uh, like and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Also, leave a comment Amy responds to every single comment, and uh, she might also read some of them on air. Uh, she loves to get involved in the discussion and uh, reach out to various uh, viewers. It was such a good episode that it's held over for another week. Uh, the important point there is to make sure you share it. Share it with your fellow Canadians uh, fans. Make sure you are subscribed to uh, the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash allhabs, or just search the handle. Handles are new on YouTube. Um, officially roll out at the midway, middle of November. Uh, but if uh, you search for at all Habs, uh, you'll be taken right to our YouTube channel. Also, make sure you subscribe to all of our Rocket Sports Radio podcasts. First and foremost, uh, this podcast, The Canadian's Connection. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. You don't want to miss a single episode. Every single Saturday, all throughout the year, we have new episodes keeping you up to date with everything. And, uh, of course, uh, every now and then we have amazing exclusive interviews like we did on today's podcast with John Liu. 
Also, the Press Zone that comes out every Tuesday. That one focuses more on AHL and uh, Laval Rocket to take a deep dive into Montreal Canadiens prospects uh, with Amy Johnson, Patrick Williams, and Rick Stevens every Tuesday. And uh, make sure that you hit that subscribe button. Share with all your friends as well. If you know any friends that are big Habs fans, they like prospects, these are the two podcasts that you have to listen to. Must listen, must listen for uh, all Habs fans. And, uh, well, it's Movember now. Um, I've started growing my mustache. Uh, Rick, I think you've started mm-hmm. as well. Uh, yeah. Amy Johnson's teddy bear is growing a mustache. <laughs> uh, we're uh, raising money as a Rocket Sports team uh, to help uh, support uh, the Movember initiative. Any listeners uh, who are interested in getting involved, uh, please reach out to us and uh, let us know if you're interested in joining our team to raise money for uh, Movember. And if you want to... Um, uh, if- uh, contribute a few dollars. Uh, it's a great cause. The November, uh, um, um, ca- uh, the November charity. Uh, each week, reach out to our page um, at uh, uh, November CA or November dot com uh, slash All Habs. Um, and uh, you know, for some of our members, there's a move challenge. Um, uh, Brian uh, uh, is involved in that. I think uh, we have team activity, um, uh, modest first week at 25 kilometers, but uh, we'll get that up. We've got the mustaches going. We've got a little money raised already. Um, So if uh, you want to be part of that, uh, uh, reach out to us on social media or go directly to our Movember page. So now it's time for our Canadians Connection question of the week. Who will be moved first? Mike Hoffman, Evgeny Dadnov, or Jonathan Drouin? We want to hear uh, from you what your thought is. Maybe it's someone that's not on that list. Let us know who you think it is. I think the DraftKings people should get in on this, and and they should (laughs) should get in on our questions of the week, don't you think? Yeah, honestly, I'm a... I'd be a huge fan of uh, betting on who gets traded and whatnot. That would be pretty fun to do. Uh, but uh, of course, uh, make sure you let us know. Uh, you can reach out to us via the Rocket Sports text line, 5853 Rocket, or you can uh, touch base with us on social media. And uh, well, I don't know if I'm reading this right, but it sounds like we have a special message coming from Timu Solani. Hi, Rick. It's Timu Solani here. Hope all is well and greetings from California. Happy birthday, dear Rick. Happy birthday to you. Rick, happy birthday. Hopefully you can spend that with your loved ones and you're going to have a party like Canadians do. You guys, I know you guys party like a rock stars. And uh, I think only Finnish people party more than you guys. But you guys are really good second place, you know. Wow, uh, <laughs> a real nice message from Tamo Salanian, and um, uh, th- that's yes. If if you listened uh, around my birthday time last year, you you know that's uh, a replay of that. But uh, always nice to hear from. I loved uh, one of the most dynamic players I've ever seen in person, Tamo Salani. Always wish that uh, that he was uh, part of the Canadians and and would be able to play with Saku Koivu. That didn't happen until they. Um, got out west, but uh, again, uh, that was uh, that was very kind. Yeah, I would like to hear him sing a lot more. He has a nice singing voice. He does. He does. 
So some important dates coming up. Uh, first and foremost, I'm going to throw one here uh, on Saturday, November the 5th, Rick Stevens' birthday, if you've not heard yet. Happy <laughs> birthday to Rick once again. Thank you. Uh, also uh, on November the 5th, uh, Vegas Golden Knights come into Montreal. Vegas is on a roll. Uh, they have apparently great goaltending and great everything else. So this will be quite the challenge. Uh, oh, no. And oh. and uh, the other thing on on this day after the game, make sure you set your clocks back. Uh, daylight savings time ends. We're back to standard time, so um, make sure that your clocks go back. On November the eighth, uh, well, you'll want to make sure that you have the right time. Uh, of course, roll back tonight uh, so that you tune in for the correct time uh, when Montreal rolls into Detroit for an original six matchup. And then the very next day, uh, Vancouver comes into Montreal. Uh, that will be interesting because I, I don't know what Vancouver is at this point. So looking forward <laughs> to seeing what happens with that. <laughs> for sure. So that's going to be a wrap for us today. Uh, thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player on your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you heard, share on social media. Enjoy the weekend. We'll be back here next Saturday, November the 12th for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.